0: You guys work out every
1: day. Uh, typically, we'll go. Yes. Um, yeah, every day. I try to take rest days once a, or twice a week. Hour a day. Yeah. Sometimes, actually, most of the time, less.
0: Jerry took me to CrossFit gym in Milwaukee. Oh yeah. It was a hell of an experience. Yeah. You're gonna
2: see if you can bring that mic even closer to you. Good. Closer. Check. Yeah. You can move it as much as you want to. Ideally, you ideally, you'd be like this. Oh, really? Because then your voice will be deep and sexy. Is that why? How-
0: <laughs> Is that why Howard's always like that?
2: I think so. <laughs> do you normally sit there?
0: I'll pluck
3: with you. I sit everywhere.
2: I just don't want. He's complained in the past that I flash him my moose knuckle, and I don't want to flash you my moose knuckle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: complain. Yeah. Hey, thanks for that. Complain. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Compliment me.
2: You. I think you might be the only person we've ever had in here who doesn't do CrossFit on the show. Well, I well, actually, you just did it once.
0: Well, you know, it, it was something that I've always been interested in. I think it started when I saw Glassman on 60 Minutes. I'm like, wow, this has some something behind it. It's pretty cool. And then Jerry started doing it at work, and Jerry kind of blew off about 30 pounds very quickly. Look at the guy. I mean, he's very fit. He already looks fitter. since is. I
2: saw him a month ago, and he yes. already looks fitter.
0: Lost 10 pounds. Wow. He looks good. But yeah, he's, also, you... he's on the whole nutritional side, too.
2: I think the term, you look fuckable now. I think that's the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My wife
3: tells me I'm too fuckable now. Oh.
2: oh.
3: Getting too fit.
2: <laughs> that's the <laughs> clinical term.
3: Um,
2: Before we start, I want to say just a couple things to lay some foundation here. You guys are a new in a new partnership with CrossFit. Correct. You are the leaders in the ethical treatment of animals before they come to market.
0: Right. So I would call it
2: we're the leader in ethical agriculture, a- ethical agriculture and agriculture doesn't mean it's funny. Cause whenever I think of agriculture and this just shows what a city guy I am, I think of, um, I don't think of livestock. I think of plants that's wrong. Agriculture means any kind of farming, whether it be livestock plants.
0: I Correct. So yes. yes.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. And CrossFit is the leader in health and fitness and the leader in, um, training, and it has the methodology that best expresses the human DNA. But as I was researching you guys, and as we build a closer and closer relationship, there's this thing I came across, and you tell me if you think this is accurate. The corner two, There's a couple of major tenets of CrossFit, and um, really I shouldn't speak on this, only Greg should, but, but I'm going to take a stab at it. One of the cornerstones of CrossFit is independence. So the, the, our main goal in CrossFit is to keep you out of the old folks' home. And and I'm taking all of this from Greg. He says that once you can't wipe your own ass, they take you to the old folks home. And so CrossFit is all about functional movements, nothing we've created, but it's to keep you out of that old folks home. So to be able to squat down on a toilet and have the mobility to wipe your own ass, to when you're at your front door and you drop your keys at 90 years old, to still be able to hold your bag of groceries and bend down and pick them up. That's like one of our fundamental cornerstones is just maintaining human independence. And then one of the other cornerstones is, is that we believe with all our heart that the CrossFit nutritional plan and movement methodology will allow the human DNA to express itself in its m- most grandiose natural form. And that's why when people will say, oh, I don't want to get too buff or I don't want to look like that girl. Or, I don't want to look like that guy. Hey, man, that's not up to you. We're going to walk you through these functional movements that have been created by God, if you believe in God or by evolution, and your body is just going to express itself the way it expresses itself. Get over it and just do it. As I study about Strauss meats, you guys have, there's two things that I keep seeing over and over and over again. It's two cornerstones here, and I'm sure you have more, but it's the treatment of animals. Animals. First and foremost, you believe that animals should be treated in a way that God intended them to be treated.
0: We believe that the animals deserve the utmost of respect because they're making the ultimate sacrifice.
2: And if you treat animals like this the way that they were intended to be treated on this planet, you will get you will inherently get the other cornerstone which is to produce the healthiest meats on the planet. correct, which is which are the meats that are the product of a cow that's doing CrossFit. I mean, you're basically, you're basically offering your animals their own form of CrossFit. You're allowing their DNA to express itself in its fullest, most natural state. 100%. God, we're good partners. I gave myself (laughs) a chance.
0: It's true though, like when you talk about CrossFit, I think of athletes in general, runners and different, you know, when people do different types of fitness, you know, you look at their body type and some are super thin and emaciated like these like uh, Like marathon runners. But you guys, it just seems like it's the natural way the body is supposed to look.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well said.
2: It's amazing if you feed the body right. If you don't overfeed the body and, and, and you put it through some intensity, it's amazing how it looks. I mean, Greg just said
1: last night, you can't outrun a shitty diet. It's a great line. Yeah.
2: A lot of people don't know that about CrossFit. If you take your L1, you know it right away. Our foundation is nutrition. And um, we've never actually, I don't think... Not that I know of, and I've been with the company since 2006. I don't think we've ever gone into a licensing deal with a food product, and it's been something we've totally stayed away from. It's not that there haven't been sh- shit tons of offers, but now, now we come across you guys. So, um, uh, someone said to me the other day, "How are you going to interview them? You don't know shit about meat." I said, "Perfect." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know shit about farming either. What is a? Um, so we're here with Randy Strauss. Um, Fifth generation um, agriculturalist, third generation of Strauss. Correct. Meats. Correct. Uh, and we're here with Jerry, who I keep calling Gerald. I apologize. It's my real
3: name, so it's fun. Who is a bona fide? <laughs> who's a bona fide
2: CrossFitter and the CFO of Strauss Meats? Yes. And looks like he's twelve years old. <laughs>
3: Thirteen.
2: Thirteen. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Puberty. Puberty. You do look like you're shaved yesterday. Um. <laughs> what what how did this happen to, like from the beginning, five
0: generations back who was uh... so I guess our great great grandfather was a cattle broker in the Milwaukee stockyards late 1800s. He has a kid, kind of does the same thing.
2: This is 1800s, 1890. Late
0: 1880, 70. yeah okay. So there's a the Milwaukee stockyards and uh, his son kind of worked in his family business as well alongside of his dad. The second generation had three boys, and they decided in 1937, hey, you know what, let's just start a business together. And I think my grandpa invested like 198 bucks. We have the original articles, and corporation, and the three guys kind of set off, and they got into the meat business in the Milwaukee area, selling, you know, people, they would buy livestock at Milwaukee stockyards, they would butcher them, and they would sell them the local in those days, or meat shops or butcher shops. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of evolved and kind of grew a little bit. And two of the brothers thought they could, one brother kind of made some money in the stock market and said, Hey, see ya, I'm going to go do my own thing. And the other brother said, Hey, I'm going to do this on my own. I can do better than you started a business outside of our family business, the core family business. And he was out of business in a year and my grandfather built the business. And then my dad worked alongside my dad came out of high school when it was drafted. Uh, was a military police came into the family business with our grandpa. And the, Your dad
2: was drafted yeah. for for what war?
0: I, I guess it was just that time. I don't know if it really was for. I mean, he always says he served in the Berlin crisis, but I think that actually was something that had to do with the Yakima Desert and in, in the United States. It just, <laughs> he never saw. He never saw. Okay, uh, but he worked. My dad worked very hard. My grandpa. It's an early morning business. These guys get there at you know four in the morning and they busted their asses and these guys built the business and it kind of evolved and we just became you know a player we we had a we originally a veal company do you want me to get into detail yeah yeah, yeah 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 go good. for it Yeah. So i mean just because veal has had a bad stigma attached to it just yeah to give everyone a little bit of an understanding mm-hmm. so it's veal, killing
2: babies and eating them
0: it is i mean that's one right? way to uh, it i is, mean that's the way is. i was
2: brought up in berkeley california thinking mm-hmm. of veal
0: well that would be a good Berkeley would say, <laughs> teach that. But anyhow, all meats are pretty young. I don't know that anyone really wants to know, but chickens are only like 12 weeks old, things yeah, like that. So. I was
2: reading on your site that the ca- the beef that you use has to be 30 months old or younger. Correct. Not the veal, but the meat. Correct. And there's 700 pounds. Right. Those are right. Beef.
0: But beef, like yeah. veal, veal was a byproduct of the dairy industry. So for a cow to give milk, it has to have a calf once a year and the the males had no use in in agriculture the females went back into herd replacement and they became milking cows okay but the males had not no use in dairy so they were kind of just basically hate to say taken out back and killed no one knew what to do with them at the same time the cheese industry had a byproduct as well when you make cheese the byproduct of cheese is whey protein Mm. but back in the late 50s and early 60s no one knew what to do with that either and they just sprayed it like on fields (laughs) someone had an idea over in holland and said hey what if we feed this byproduct of the cheese industry to this byproduct of the dairy industry, this this male Holstein bull calf, Holstein black and white. And they kind of just came up with what we call now formula fed or milk fed or special fed veal. And what happened was this was in the late 1950s, post-World War II. No one really knew anything about animal welfare. So this was the beginning of what we call industrialized agriculture. And that's kind of a a big word, but what it means is that it was a way for a farmer to mass produce livestock with a limited amount of labor. So a family, you know, mom, pop, couple kids could raise 300 animals, but the trick was you had to chain them in a basically in confinement Mm -hmm. in a barn and they can basically, you know, just stand up, lie down, not turn around. And it was awful, but they didn't know that it was just meat, it was food, it was no one, you know, there was no awareness There were no animal welfare movements so you know we kind of got involved in that and we were raising these animals we didn't know better cut to you know the 70s came and we started to grow and we got bigger and bigger we became a national company and we we're selling our products globally but mostly you know in the united states and cut to
2: and you're just a young kid then i was 10, a young kid about, old
0: uh Yeah, I was 65, so yeah, right in there. But I always, starting when I was about 15, I started working in the family business. I'd go down on weekends and uh, go down with my grandpa and he'd teach, teach me different cuts and show me you Know w- w- what it is that we do.
2: Did you want to do that or were you forced to do that? Like, I, my dad owned a wine and cheese store, and I was like forced to do like learn cheeses and dust bottles of wine. And yeah, shit it was like more that.
0: like fun. We'd go down, and check things out, and he'd take us to a movie and feed us candy. So it was a good deal. Awesome. But having said that, you know, it's, then during high school, I, you know, would sit and there with salesmen. Those days we had telephones with a mic. You'd unscrew the mic, and I'd, you know, <laughs> listen to these guys sell. So uh, back to the agriculture side, though. So once the animal welfare, Groups became a little vocal and said, "Hey, you know what? You can't do this to an animal. These are sentient beings. These are th- these deserve respect." You know, the light bulb went off. We're like, "Yeah, I mean, what what the hell are we doing here? I mean, this is not right. We need to make a difference." Was that
2: hard to um, Was that a hard message to digest?
0: You know, it was. Yeah, uh, to be honest, yeah. So I was going to college. I was at the University of Arizona, and all of a sudden, like the animal welfare groups chose the veal calf as the poster child for animal cruelty. All meat was mm-hmm. pretty much raised like this but veal had these what they call like endomorphic people get an endomorphic response to the eyes of a veal calf because they're human-like so they're like oh my god it's such a cute animal which it is and the the animal welfare groups went crazy and like used that as a trigger to to exploit yeah. animal welfare but it was embarrassing you know i was in college and all of a sudden it's like you know i was very proud of our family business we're on menus you know you'd go to places it says strauss veal and you know, it's a really good feeling. And then all of a sudden this comes out and you're like, wow, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And that's when, you know. Because
2: I would think your gut response would be like, fuck you. My family's been doing this for five generations. We've had fucking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people in this country. We're part of the, the history and fabric of this country. And now you're telling us we're doing something wrong. And you're, and you're not being nice about it either, right? They were not being nice about it.
3: <laughs>
0: They were not they're
2: basically nice calling much. you, like, well, like what I said, baby killer and yeah, shit like that. Yeah, that's
0: exactly what they were saying. And, you know, people still to this day don't realize, nor do they want to think about the meat they're eating, how young it really is. I mean, it's, it's yeah. animal welfare. And here's, here's my personal belief. I, if someone wants to be a vegetarian, I'm all for it. If people didn't eat meat, I'll find it something else to do. But as long as people are going to eat meat, we owe it to them to give them a, a, a product that is raised the way it's supposed to be raised, close to Mother Nature as possible, and with all the ethical standards because you know these animals again i said it they're making the ultimate sacrifice but they are
2: the very first time i spoke with you on the phone you said that within the first three minutes look at if the whole world turned vegetarian we'll figure it out we're 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 not shoving meat down people's throat what we're doing is we're learning how to take care of animals correct and once again going back to crossfit greg says the exact same thing look at we're not shoving crossfit down your throat we don't care whether you fucking do it or not what we're telling you is is that if you find a better way to feed, and exercise human beings, we will jump on your bandwagon. But until then, this is this is what we're going to deal with. Uh, an, um, some amazing statistics on your site. Um, Strauss... It's not Strauss.com. It's like Straussbrands.com. 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 Um, 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 I couldn't believe this statistic. Uh, here we go. Was it 25% of the earth's surface that is not covered in snow or ice is either directly or indirectly used in in agriculture.
0: If it's on our website it's true. Man, you have turned into like the, the stat guy. He really did do a great job. <laughs> I know you've been researching this and I appreciate
2: that. And that that's amazing, but it, it goes on to get even crazier. And then of that, of that 25% now we have um 33% is for growing field crops, meaning um stuff that that's food that's grown to feed the 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 livestock, there's a right? little
0: bit of a problem with that, but yeah, we can talk about that later.
2: And then 70% is the ag land, and I'm assuming that's where the cows live. And then it gets even nuttier. Um, uh, global livestock is responsible for 40% of the world's agriculture GDP. That blew me away, and there's 1.3 billion people, there's only 7.5 billion people on the planet. That means like we're approaching over ten percent of the people are somehow involved directly or indirectly in this business. Which at first I'm like that's bullshit, and then I'm like actually eating's kind of the foundational uh, it's element it's of our of, existence. Kind of a necessity. Yeah, right. I'm guessing a hundred <laughs> years ago it was eighty percent of the public was involved in ag, mm. but but you know now that we have
0: other ways of doing it. Right. People think the food just shows up at the grocery store and that's where it's from. Yeah. Right.
2: It's a massive business. Do these numbers sound shocking to you or like, you're like, yeah.
0: No, I mean, they are shocking, but I mean, like you said, I mean, we're feeding the world. I mean, it it has to come from somewhere. Everything you eat from cereal to, you know, comes from grains and wheats. And I mean, it's just, someone's got to farm it in order for it to turn into what it is that we enjoy eating.
2: When did you go, so this was a little bit difficult for me to get my head wrapped around it first. When did you go from being actual farmers Meaning that you were raising the the, the cattle on your own land, and you would do it from you know raising the cattle, breeding the cattle, to slaughtering the cattle, to distributing the cattle. To now, basically, what you are is you have a you have a lifestyle protocol for raising animals. And if people meet this high high level, the highest level um, in the industry protocol, you then they can then sell their animals to you, and then from there you distribute them. Is that correct? At some point, it's you, close. So- okay
0: again, you know, it started with our great great grandfather in the Milwaukee stockyards. So they weren't uh, living on a farm. My grandfather actually did live on a farm with our grandmother, but you know, it was just a small farm. Cut to when we decided that we're going to go 100% humane and ethical with our animals, we bought a farm because we wanted to be able to figure out how to do it best ourselves. But ultimately... You know, we, we we have a livestock team that goes around the country and educates family farmers and ranchers as to how to do it better because they've been trained by their parents and their grandparents. Tri- typically, farmers are generational uh, mm. businesses, and these guys work day and night tirelessly. I mean, we always say pat a farmer on the back. They deserve it. They do. These guys, there's no vacations. They're, they're, it's nonstop work.
2: Like running a social media department. I wouldn't go
0: that far, but... The
2: sun never sets on Matt's
1: work, but anyway.
0: But we, 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 a we have a team that goes around and so- – oh, sorry.
1: No, no, I was saying to it's a little different. I'm, I'm in keys over here. I'm not plowing the field every day.
0: It's still hard work. But we have a livestock team that goes around the country. We set up town hall meetings. So, you know, we'll go to a place like Montana, and we'll let the town folk know that we're coming in, and the farmers and ranchers, and they'll come in, and we'll, you know, put on a spread for them, and we'll teach them. We'll teach them, hey, you know, there's a better way to do things. The way you've been doing it, you know, what is all you know, but there's a better way. Mm. And we're willing to work with you to try to make a difference, to try to make a meaningful impact on agriculture and, you know, for generations to to follow. We're only borrowing the land from our kids, and that's what we tell these guys. you got to leave it oh, in cool. good shape. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to be left, and we're not going to be able to take care of, you know.
1: You know, I what, what I what I keep coming back to is when you made the change to go to a humane way of
0: raising animals,
1: just to put it simply. I mean, that was, you said, 50s and 60s, right? I no, mean, that's...
3: no,
0: the humane was like 80s, late 80s, and early 90s. If that was the inhumane way, it was 50s and 60s.
1: Yeah, okay. So that was, I'm assuming a lot of that was a byproduct of a wartime culture, right? 100%. Trying to get as much food out as possible. Yeah. And so that was just the way that the industry was led for, you know, until it was changed. Like, when you made that change, <clears throat> I mean, how difficult. Was that because it's basically, hey, we're doing exactly what the rest of the industry is not doing. We're doing the exact opposite of that. I mean, it's like jumping off a cliff.
0: It was very difficult. It was tremendously difficult because everyone is happy with status quo, and I'm watching this erosion of of you know what it is that we're doing, and people are 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 protesting. I'm like, this isn't right. I mean, it's not. There needs to be a change, and we drew a line in the sand. And there's a whole lot of you know talk and things that occurred that I don't know how detailed you want to get, but there's a hormone, you know, you, you feed animals, hormones, growth hormones. And mm-hmm. the reason they do that is because a farmer for $3 can stick a needle in an animal and that $3 turns into 12 pounds of gain, which is, you know, $18 mm-hmm. and they'll do it. three. Sounds
2: like a fitness methodology.
0: <laughs> they'll do it like three times during a, an Seven animal's life. And what happens is it's horrible for you. I mean, as we know, growth hormones are bad for you. And our industry Mm -hmm. was using them. And we at the time, oh, I I jumped away. We ultimately started raising livestock through relationships. On the veal side, we we would set up... uh, contractual relationships with uh growers. And we mm-hmm. would say, "Hey, Mr. Farmer, you have a, a a farm and you have 300 animals. We'll pay you a wage, we'll pay for your feed, we'll pay for your medicine, and we'll pay for the trucking to bring them to our plant." So it's basically a labor lease situation. But we had a tremendous we had 25,000 animals on feed at one time. And at that in those days You mean
2: you mean on your on this personal no, Strauss farm no, or, or no, just so like globally? hundreds of farms? Okay. Hundreds okay.
0: Of farmers. okay. And they had to use our methods, but at that time hormone use was it wasn't approved but there was this gray area that people were using it it for sure was not approved and my brother and I said you know what bullshit we're not going to do this This we can't awesome. do this it's not the way it's supposed to be it's bad for people and we need to start making a stand we were actually a, you
2: and your brother were on the same page 100%
0: yeah.
2: was there any in family fighting like people no. in the family were like fuck this you're going to ruin the business Not at all. not at all how about the financial hit it was a huge hit because
0: everyone was doing that and uh, you know if you can gain 20 30 an animal you're a few million a year how many it's a few million a year it was costing us that type of money and we just believed in it we're like you know what people have got to change i mean at some point there's going to be a trigger that's going to set this off and we want we were doing it because we believed it's the right thing to do because there's so many people in our industry and it frustrates me and i won't mention names of my competitors that are like Oh, we're going to transition into ethically raised agriculture because our shareholders are looking for the stock price to hit certain numbers. You know, no, you should do it because it's the right thing to do. And are you it's, privately owned company? We are, hundred percent. My brother and I. My dad has two percent. Just he always said in case my brother and I can't agree on something, <laughs> but that hasn't happened. So. so, so you nailed it. You said stockholders stockholders, you got to answer to shareholders. And I'm just like, I'm so against that, that way of thinking. To me, it's like you're working with an animal. This animal is a living creature. It's, you know, put on this earth. And you know what, like I said, there's a circle of life. So if that circle of life means that there's going to be, if we as humans are going to eat meat, then those animals deserve respect. So you got to, you got to do what's right by the animal first and foremost.
2: On your site, there's like a a section where there's like eight or nine videos and you can like watch family farmers that you work with. And that that part's pretty humbling. Like when you say that these are tireless people who are working the families, you know, there was, I was, one of the ones I was watching was the Cindy Wolf and Kelly O'Neill. You know, she's a professor at the university. They're lamb farmers. Great people. Yeah. That was some pretty touching stuff. There was another guy. can't remember his name. It's a great video. I encourage everyone to go to your site and see it. You walk out into a, into some rolling hills that, and there's some trees there and it doesn't look like a place where I would like, like I'd, I'd go there and picnic with my family. I wouldn't give that land to cows, but (laughs) you've given that land to cows. It's 44 acres or the farmer you're working with has. And he says, we, um, Randy, we haven't given these shots. We haven't given a single cow here a shot in two years. What is he saying there? Like antibiotics, steroids, like what's he talking about?
0: Antibiotics. So, you know, again, it's like, and at some point, we should transition back to free-raised veal because that was a big okay. kind of like yep. transition point. I'll, I'll make
2: a note here. See if we can get back on track.
0: <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> We're always all over the place. No, that's cool. Guys. That's how my brain works, actually. <laughs> uh, shots. Yeah, shots. I mean, it's just like yeah. There's there's antibiotics. So when they're when you're living in nature, like what how you at CrossFit talk about the foundation and uh, of health, even above fitness if an animal's living in its natural environment and it's eating healthy grasses with rich nutrients, the animal's healthier. It's like, it, mm-hmm. you know, we always compare it to like, you know, when I'm telling someone the story, I would say, you know what, you don't understand about the beef that we eat in this country, it's corn fed. Corn is sugar, corn is candy to mm-hmm. the animal. The animal is eating this candy and it's getting, you know, the, the fat is coming from the unhealthy sugars and then the animal's unhealthy, then we eat the animal and that's why there's heart disease and all these different things. A grass-fed, grass-finished animal is raised on pasture. The grass is a vegetable. So it's eating a vegetable sure, and the animal, and then it's healthy. It's at its optimal health. And then as humans, we consume that and you're eating a healthy
2: Why do you have to meat. say, I saw this all over your site too, and I, I'm, unfortunately I think I know the answer. Why do you have to say grass-fed and grass-finished? Are there people in the industry who are like feeding them with grass for a month and then, yeah, and so then they, just they claiming grass-fed and then pulling yes. them off?
0: Is it because... Yeah, they start on grass, mm-hmm. and then they're sent to a feedlot. And a feedlot is a pretty rough thing. So a feedlot is like you know in Colorado, they're like miles and miles and miles of outdoor, like like penned in animals that you know they're living above their own. Is that what fecal. we see
2: on Interstate Five when you drive to LA? It's on the right hand if you're. It's on the um, east side of the freeway. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's on I don't. Massive yeah.
0: Harris Harris Ranch. Is that what that is? Yeah, Harris well, Ranch. Harris Ranch, if I'm not mistaken, is actually doing things. Are they doing grass finished, Jerry? I don't want to say anything because I okay. grass finished the, the distinction, the big word is there's no grass. grass there's
2: tens of thousands of cows no grass. on the, and they're just piled in on the side of the freeway yeah, on dirt lot. and it smells terrible. Like it's taken t- t- life off of me when I breathe it in. It smells right. like chemicals. And so shit. back to your question, bad. back yeah. to your question,
0: yeah. that smell is so toxic that they get sick from that. And then they need the antibiotics, which are what, you know, you don't want to ingest the antibiotics. That's why our animals are pure.
2: So he had a bunch of cows on 44 acres and they would had ton- like it looked like this. And you're saying because they're not living and breathing in their own shit and feces, right. healthy, they don't need the antibiotics mm-hmm. and they don't need the steroids. Right.
0: And if one does, we treat that animal if it should, but it's taken out of our program. Right. Instead
2: mm-hmm. of just treating like like when my kid gets sick, we treat him. We don't treat the whole neighborhood Correct. or the whole yeah. family. Okay. Correct. What what is a uh, we'll get back to the deal? What is a manure pond? Like you were, uh, I was reading that you guys don't you need manure ponds? Because, is that what it's called? Does I was, that, uh, does I was that really about? hoping that was a thing. I think it is. A <laughs> my, thing. my curiosity peaked. I, I want to
0: uh, <laughs> feces pond. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, to me, it's a runoff, but Jerry might know. Yeah, oh. I don't know
3: actually.
2: Um, on the website it was talking about because of the way your farmers raise their cows your farmers don't need <laughs> manure ponds and I think I've seen those on the side of the road yeah that road makes too. sense
3: it's like a conventional beef they probably need some sort of like cow septic tank for all the shit to go to
0: yeah
2: except
3: it's, it's not it's so a septic tank it's just concentrated
0: yeah. it's just sitting out
1: <laughs> does I mean does that ever get repurposed
0: you know that's a good question that's a little more that's Okay. Above my pay grade.
1: <laughs> well, that, me too, then forget I asked.
0: <laughs> I would think it becomes fertilizer. That's
1: what I would assume as well.
0: But again, yeah. once again, if you think about it, the fertilizer from that feedlot mm-hmm. beef has toxins in it and then you're re you know, putting it on the land. Mm-hmm. And what that does is, is it continues a downward spiral of the health of that natural land. But what about with your, with the grass fed? So, so here, that's a good question and something, you know, Savannah and I, we were talking about before, something that we're coming out with called the One Pound Challenge. So what we're trying to do is get everyone to just make a thoughtful choice in their food habits when they're cooking at home and just say, you know what, fine, perhaps it's not the highest level of importance for you or your family, but if once a week you could make a decision to eat grass-fed, grass-finished beef, you're going to make a tremendous difference. So here's what happens.
2: Difference in the environment.
0: Right, so here's what happens. And the happens. treatment of animals. Difference, both. In your
2: own personal health.
0: Both, but here I'll even okay. I'll even add one to that. So the reason this is so important is there's something called the watershed area in the Midwest, and when farmers are are raising uh, row crops, regular crops, mm-hmm. they put nitrogen and phosphorus and all these different chemicals on, and every time it rains, that runs off into the Mississippi River, and it goes down to the Gulf of Mexico, and there's something there called the dead zone, and the dead zone because of this nitrogen and this phosphorus uh it the algae feeds off that and takes oxygen Mm. out of the water and fish die and they're dead and they're dead for miles and miles there's no sea life close to shore so the the gulf fishermen and strauss are now beginning a campaign to create awareness of this dead zone because fishermen that used to go out and be able to come back in you know a couple days with a full boatload of shrimp let's say they're out there for weeks where they used to be able to shrimp offshore they're they're hundreds of miles offshore, mm-hmm. but it's reversible, and it's reversible if people start. If if the world went to grass-fed, grass-finished beef, 100 percent reversible. If there was just a modest change, it will it will slowly correct and and fix itself. So. We have a massive campaign. This we're, this isn't even a Strauss thing, but we're the ones doing it, and we're about to, I guess we're announcing it today here. <laughs> but we have truck wraps coming out, take the one pound challenge. And all we're asking people to do is be thoughtful. One pound a week of your ground, it's not a big deal.
2: Where is it on here?
0: It's not. There's a separate website that's not released yet.
2: Okay, so people will be able to go to this website... We'll put it on our Instagram as soon as you get They'll
0: it. we will be able to go for the one pie. and You and don't then, have to financially do anything.
2: And then I can, oh, you don't? Don't I subscribe and order the meat and you guys mail it to my house? We, and yes, I,
0: we could do that. Or you could just go to your local grocer and just get any grass-fed beef. We're not even saying buy straws. Have, I have
2: three kids. I'd rather you just mail it to my house. I'd be
0: happy. To <laughs> all right.
2: <laughs> where do I sign up? I want to buy. I want So to if sign. you'll let
0: me, this is, yeah. will take me one minute. Yes, I won't please, bore please. You, no, this you're is, not this, boring us this, at this is what it is. We strive to inspire change and we believe that what you eat makes a difference. We believe we are here to act as stewards of the land and are committed to showing care and respect for the earth's nourishing resources. We believe our children and all future generations have a right to grow old in a world that's even more bountiful than the one we live in today. We believe in the American family farmer. We are committed to creating a more sustainable tomorrow where farmers are rewarded for raising practices that protect our waterways, restore our grasslands, and respect the Earth's natural ecosystems. We believe that sustainably raised meats taste great. We believe that a small change will create a huge difference and every dollar spent is a vote for the kind of world we want to leave our children. We know that what we do, we know that we do not stand alone with our beliefs. We ask you to join us in creating a better tomorrow by supporting sustainable American agriculture today. Simply purchase one pound of American-raised grass-finished beef each week to join the movement. Look for, this is really important, born and raised in the USA on the label. Look for 100% grass-fed and finished beef. Look for Strauss. Join us today by taking the one-pound challenge and take pride in being part of creating a better tomorrow. That's who we are. That's what we believe in. I'd wear a
2: Strauss shirt. (laughs) Thank you. I'll get you one. Have you seen this show? It's called obesity post-mortem on Netflix. It's 54 minutes long. They take a 225-pound dead woman and they cut her open. Sounds horrible. For some reason, I must have missed that one. <laughs> and you know what's, what's crazy? It's brand new. It's brand new. One of the questions I have for you, and I'd still like to ask you right now, but, but, but it just clicked. Um, so, so what's wrong with eating a corn-fed cow? Like, like what's better about a grass-fed cow? But then I look at that, like when they cut open that woman and you mm-hmm. see... What all the what obesity has done to her body, like all the places that fat is gathering, it's like, oh yeah, I wouldn't want to eat her.
3: It's what conventional cattle looks like. And what's crazy is they feed conventional fat cattle, they they feed them grain, but they'll also feed them animal byproducts. They'll feed them fish oil to increase the marbling and fish byproducts. So they're just they're feeding.
2: Will they feed them their own animal? Like, do they feed cows cows?
3: Yeah, they do. Wow. Who does? Some. I don't know about that. I did one. some research and there are some that you know, they'll they'll take like a like a protein like supplement and it's derived from cattle. So it might be might be processed, but it's it's protein that they're trying to give that animal.
0: See, I know years ago something was brought up that's cannibalism, that's awful, and that's why there's some of these diseases that are spin out of control in agriculture sometimes. Mad cow is right. what right. that he's referring to a little bit. That's oh, what yeah. that was. They were feeding, you know, animals than their own species
2: those are the origins of mad cow feeding Mm
0: -hmm. I would fact check that one but I believe that's (laughs) that's where it began chronic wasting
2: what what about what about the claims that um, uh, grass grass grass-fed cattle has um, better omega-3s
3: yes what happens on a natural diet they have um, uh, omega composition similar to that of fish because naturally on their diet that they of grass they're gonna have a higher balance of omega threes versus omega sixes versus conventional beef. It's flipped the other direction, and why that's important is omega like you know, crossfitters take a lot of uh, fish oil because it's it's good for your brain health. So grass fed beef is not you know it's better for your body overall, but it's also better for your your overall brain health. And if you're eating conventional beef, you're eating a high composition of omega sixes, which is not good for you.
2: And those cows are smarter. Yeah. The grass-fed ones.
3: I would say they probably are.
2: Um, Tim, you, you, you run the company with your brother? Correct. Did you guys, um, and he's a year older than you? He's a year and a half younger. A year and a half younger. Did you guys share a room growing up?
0: We didn't share a room.
2: Oh, you guys got your own room? We got our own room. Did, uh, did you have any other siblings? No. Oh, okay. I've uh, I'm asking. I've turned the show to my own personal interests. I have uh, three sons, and right now two of them share a room, and one of them have their own room. And like I'm just wondering how that's gonna work. Did you guys fight over women?
0: Uh there's a longer story there, but no, <laughs> we did not.
2: Were there rules? Did your dad put rules in place for that?
0: As far as the women goes? Yeah, like like
2: yeah, like he brings home a girl and you have your dad's like, Hey be Our respectful. Our dad was a very cool
0: guy. He was always the coolest of all dads. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Were there rules? I mean, was there
0: We didn't have a lot of rules growing up. As a just... matter of fact, I don't think we had any. Just go with the flow. <laughs> go with the flow. And we were clever enough that we got away with whatever we attempted. Wow. I like this. Kind of sounds nice. like your household. It's going to be
2: a whole nother show. <laughs> okay. so, so so there wasn't, there was never, you guys didn't fight over women? We did not. And uh, does he have kids?
0: He has two kids. Um,
2: are they the same age as your kids?
0: So my two kids and his two kids are about a year apart. We built houses next to each other. We're best friends. We talk 10 times a day, drive to work together, our desks are just like this close together. So we got a good thing going.
2: Wow. That's amazing. Um did you did did you guys both always know you're going to go into the family business? I would
0: say we both probably didn't know we were going in. I mean, like, you know. Like
2: you're laying in bed at night at 15 being like, fuck this, first yeah. chance we get, we're going to L.A.
0: A hundred percent. L.A. is where I wanted to go. I mean, all my friends are wanting to be like talent agents and they got all these cool jobs. The last thing I want to do is move back to Milwaukee and, you know, kill animals for a living.
2: But w- what happened? Who flipped first?
0: Well, I'll tell you what happened. By right?
2: the way, you guys probably got those jackets two for one, so that's cool.
0: <laughs> we were in in college <laughs> I, before the internet. <laughs> Before the internet in college, I came up with this idea with a buddy of mine who lives up here in Woodside and it was like called College Scope Productions. And we were going to show kids colleges uh, with a video so uh-huh. they didn't have to go visit college. That was a big deal back in the day. I then. love it. And we were a little ahead of our time, I think. But uh, my dad, ironically, you know, would call. we'd call every day. I'd be like, I went to the University of Arizona. We had a swimming pool in my, were at my apartment. And I'd be like, Dad, I'm, you know, cordless by the pool. How you doing? Blah blah blah. He's like <laughs> he's like, When are you gonna be done fucking around there? He goes, I need a help here. He goes, you know what, I, you guys, we got a beautiful business here. I'd love it if you would just come back and got a new desk for you and could really appreciate some help. And you know, that phone conversation happened for a good year before I'm like, fine, and dropped out of school literally, and came back and the rest is history. He was forty seven, he retired, and I was like twenty two and he said you're the new president of the company and wow I'm like, are you serious that i'm like what do i know <laughs> he's like you can handle it you know but my whole life he trained us you know everything in life was a lesson it was like you know always ask what's the worst thing someone can say the answer is no and if they say no mm-hmm. so it's a big deal so just ask and you know what he just he was always training us to be in this business even though we didn't really know what was going on mm-hmm. and when it came time it was kind of like okay here you go and he literally i think since 1987 he's been back to the plant under a dozen times wow yeah. i've never <sighs> met him jerry's never matter
2: <sighs> um when did your brother get on the bandwagon was it soon after i you would did? say
0: he was six months behind me
2: okay and then and, and now you guys are co-president co-presidents
0: and i'm ceo
2: and um what wh- how do you how do you distinguish your duties
0: you know, I mean, first of all, we got a great team. You know, Jerry's an incredible asset. Jerry's our chief operating officer. Jerry's young, but he's wicked smart.
2: Very young. He,
0: he gets the business. He learned. He involved himself, and he, he makes meaningful contributions on a daily basis.
2: And he does CrossFit.
0: We have a team like that. Yeah, and he's a CrossFit. And <laughs> right. not only is it CrossFit, but he's getting, you know, our whole office staff to go there. I mean, I think, okay. how many guys have you signed up, sir? we got 20 people going oh. through the... Oh, man. I
2: heard that. I heard you pay for your employees... Yeah. To go to the gym. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That's awesome.
0: CrossFit gym.
1: I would wear a shirt two days a week. Yeah. I'm just going to get seven go
2: through the rotation. <laughs> you already <laughs> do some weird shit like that. I've never even seen that shirt. Do I'm just you know? going to take it a step further.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he wears the same thing on every fucking podcast. I mean, get out of here. I want to good talk, Consistency. But he has a CrossFit shirt with like a bleach stain on it and it's like, dude.
1: I got it's self-conscious it's, after five shows. I was like, God, I can't wear the same shirt. Over dead <laughs>
2: okay, so, so how, what are the duties of you and your
1: brother?
0: You know what? It's just a, a little bit. He he's more involved in livestock. I'm more involved in kind of oversight, big picture, new products, new ideas, new new places to to move the company in different directions. You know, it, it works great. We never, pretty much never disagree.
2: And, and and that sort of makes sense because you are the you're sort of the entrepreneur of the group because you were going to start this um, business. Uh, Correct. Fil- filming colleges so yeah. people didn't have to visit them. I you know I at a very very young age. I had a business where I would film um, marijuana gardens of friends I had and then I would burn them to DVD and put them on eBay or on Amazon and then someone would order one and then I would burn the DVD or the CD and then mail it to them and make 25 bucks.
0: You would have been more and charging I, the people not to show them the farmers.
2: Right, right, <laughs> right. But uh, that business is long gone. I'm, I'm completely out of the uh, hemp business. Um, but similar, see, we're we're kindred Great spirits. Minds, <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, kindred spirits. You were you were going to do schools. I was doing um I was doing ag. You indoor ag. Oh, oh, indoor, wow, indoor look at that. Indoor Early indoor ag, <laughs> indoor, ag. indoor ag. Uh, I was in um San Diego. This is a compl- now I'm really getting sideways here. I was in San Diego uh last week. Um with the boss, Greg Glassman, and we were sitting outside of Starbucks, and there was a guy, and there were three olive trees planted out in front of the Starbucks, and there were plaques on the olive trees saying these olive trees are a hundred years old. So um, we were looking at them, and this guy walks by and goes, "You like those olive trees?" And we're like, "Yeah, we love them." And he goes, "Those are mine. I just planted them here." And we're like, "Oh, what's the deal?" And he goes, "Well, olive trees all over California. Well, first of all, the special thing about olive trees is..." They can produce olives for thousands of years. Like I think the oldest tree on the planet's an olive tree. It's like five thousand years old. So so when you plant a field of olive trees, you never need to cut it down and replace it like you do with a lot of other trees, apples, avocado, peaches, etc. So He's what's happening in California is I guess almond and marijuana is just huge. So people are because it's legal here now, so people are just clearing out fields to, because almond milk is so huge. So there are these hundred year old um, olive tree orchards um, that people are just slashing and burning and killing. Well, their root ball is tiny. So this guy's just going around and buying hundred year old olive trees like 500 at a time and then selling them for five grand a pop.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool, good. right? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's funny you bring up almonds because there is we buy a lot of almonds, and it's a heavy heavy chunk of my weekly pay for food. But there is a company in Santa Cruz, I think it's called College Nut Fund. And so this family organized. That's a totally different. Um, <laughs> you could take that in the wrong direction, right. couldn't you? But this family organized an almond orchard, I believe, and they sold it to get their kids through college, and they've turned it into a business now.
2: Yeah, almond price is skyrocketing. Yeah. When we first – when we first were courting each other, CrossFit and Strauss, um, uh, Dave Castro, the director of our games, um, set, was like poo-pooing like basically like uh, um, I'll never fucking eat grass-fed meat. Like fuck that. And um, he went to uh, Whole Foods and bought some of your meat and his wife who's a amazing cook um, – Actually, one of the best cooks, best food I've ever had is at his house consistently. Um, He cooked the food and he actually called me that night and he goes, hey, hey, I'm sitting in front of my fireplace outside and I'm eating the Strauss meat. I go, you are? And he goes, yeah. He goes, it's good. He's like, I've had grass fed uh, beef before. It's like eating beef jerky. This shit's not like that.
0: Why is that? So I'm glad you asked that question. I think we did send Dave some meat. Because, he, ordered
3: it, he ordered it online
0: because Whole Foods. He did end. Up, he did end up ordering it online because Whole Foods has our, oh, our yeah, you're veal, right. but not our beef. Right. I don't think he trusted maybe
2: the meat you sent him. He's like, oh, they probably like. So he uh, went out and got his own, uh, just like to so do the real <laughs> test. You know what I mean? Yeah. We you sell. guys give him the steroidal cow and trick him.
0: No. So I mean, that's a great point. So what happened was about and
2: he's not one to lie ever. I wish know, he mentioned would lie that more. in the
0: meeting with me. He's like, you know what? I got to be honest with you. I tried your stuff. I thought it was going to be shit. It was amazing. And I appreciate that comment, but we worked hard at that. So grass-fed beef has been around forever, Uruguay, Argentina, New Zealand, Australia, and it's garbage, it's awful, it's chewy, it's its not what we're used to in the United States. You would Anyone that would eat it wouldn't even wanna eat steak. Uh, chefs, no one would put it on menus. We had a relationship with one of our largest food service partners and they said, we need to get grass-fed beef, we got a major customer that wants to have this stuff, we're like, oh great, I mean, this stuff is awful. Mm-hmm. So we did our homework and when we do our homework, we travel and we start going to farms. We start traveling the world. We start tasting and testing and learning as much as we possibly can. And we just kind of just stumbled onto like some great farmers and we started working with them and testing different grasses and different pasture, uh, rotational pasture, uh, alfalfas and things like that that are certain uh, blends of grass that were producing rich marble beef. And we came up with something that is even better than uh, traditionally raised beef. So we do cuttings; they're called. So we'll be called into a hotel in Vegas, and they'll say, "Hey, we're going to test your stuff against, you know, certified Angus beef, which is a, a, a regular uh corn-fed program." And it's we're, like the we're top end in the United States, top right? Top end, correct. Yeah. And we're blowing away every test. And now, slowly but surely, all of a sudden, everyone's putting grass-fed beef on the menu. You know, you go to burger joints it's a no brainer. I mean, if I'm going to eat meat, I'm eating grass fed beef. I'm not going to eat conventional meat. So everyone, you know, we tell a chef, Hey chef, you know what? Give it a try. Put something on your special menu and you're going to see people are going to react to this. All of a sudden, you know, steakhouses were, you know, traditionally women didn't like steakhouses back in the day because it was nothing healthy. Now there's an alternative and not only women, but men and CrossFitters and athletes and it's the right product. So we're co-developing, you know, with CrossFit a new b- a, a couple blends of jerky and meat sticks. So it's going to be like a full pr- power protein packed. Uh, you can.
2: When does pro- that come out? I want to order now. We're working on it. Literally right now. So the, right the now. goal
3: is to have samples that, like, uh, we're going to be at the Nashville Regionals. And we'll have samples that will be handed out. Uh, the goal is to have a, a finished product by the games.
2: And that'll something like I can go to your website and order. Yes. Higher. Yeah. And subscribe. Absolutely. Yes. Is anyone in the? So, so, so in summation, you're saying it's the grass.
0: It's the We're also hoping the gyms are going to carry it too, where you can just buy it at your local gym and we'll stock them and work out, you know, so the gym owners have an opportunity to, you know, make some money on this stuff too, because it's, it's good. It's right. It's an easy, you know, meal replacement, et cetera. But yeah, it's the grass, but it's also, it's the grass, it's the breed, it's the, the pasture management, it's, it's, ro- it, there's a lot to it, you know, mm-hmm. these you saw the big, long, lush grass. I mean, these—if you stand next to a cow in one of those pastures, you're like chomping away. And you know, I mean, then the next day they move into the next pasture, so the grass regrows. But it yeah, is, it's, it's all not about not the okay. grass.
2: And one of the, one of the videos they showed a—you uh, know—not a lot of cows. That's actually veal. On a on a forty-four acre <laughs> uh, plot of land, and the guy said he rotates them through nine different plots. Correct. And so when those cows aren't on
0: those plots. They're just sitting there empty. Is yes. That, is that? They are. They're just growing grass. Wow. That's why it's so expensive because these, you know, instead of just taking it and shoving it in a little, you know, feedlot the size of this room where there's, tw- you know, 12 animals in here, you're raising them in mother nature. I mean, it takes, mm-hmm. it takes acreage. It takes patience. It takes, these guys are craftsmen, these farmers.
1: Yeah. Basically you have land that's doing nothing. Do for people it. still, no,
2: um, right. like yes. I used to watch Big Valley as a kid. Do people still steal cattle? I think they do, yeah. they Really? That's yeah. still like in the— Steal cattle? I do. mean, that was like every show in Big Valley, like someone's stealing someone's cattle or they opened up the fence or something.
0: There's a lot of—I uh, mean, again, these are open patches, but farmers do have plot lines, and they'll have electric fences on the plot lines to keep predators out.
3: Yeah, but animal's worth $3,000.
0: That's pretty hard to steal, yeah. though. Well, it's and, all, like and the, also— You're talking yeah. big— 10,000 acre plots of land you
1: know
2: uh, okay if you know how to if you know how to harvest one too it's food for your family for yeah, it is um I, one of the other st- stats on your on your website was one third of the protein consumed by human beings on the planet does come from livestock which which seemed like a lot to me but right right yeah 30 30 percent of your diet's protein that comes from livestock
1: yeah i mean 40 30 30 right I, I had one question about the um, grass fed like South American beef. Is that just like are they using like like their proprietary b- blend of grasses there they're not using like bent rye or fescue or bermuda? I mean
0: or? it seems that way. I mean Oh god. It, it, Jerry, would you so agree like with that, that grass name drop? I <laughs> how the fuck <laughs> do you, How do you know wait,
2: Sorry Randy. How do you know Bermuda fescue? I'm a golfer. That's why. Is that really where that comes from? So yeah. fescue yeah, and bermuda. Every
1: yeah. single golf course has their own proprietary blend of like grass. Did you know that? Are you a golfer? I actually am a golfer. Wow. You ever look at a golf course and be like, what a waste. <laughs>
2: I, bring, <laughs> I don't. Because I, bring, because I've actually, I've gone, I bring
1: 20 head out here at Cattle. And I've things. gone to local golf course and asked them what their mix is so I could try to re- recreate it in my house, and they won't They won't tell you. It's wow. super secret.
0: I would love my grass in my house to be like a golf
1: course. I would, <laughs> too. Okay, so... Um, but but is it? But how is how is it so different that it creates such a different? I think product? it's the
0: breed. I mean, there's just there's different animals in different regions of the world. They're different. You know, some animals are, are uh, livestock are raised for you know like uh, tending lands or pulling things. Or there's just different uses uh, okay. for these different breeds of animal. And they use breeds that are tougher and stronger and different muscle content and different. Fat makeup the cows
2: in it. Africa, the time I've spent a lot of time in Kenya, they look nothing like our cows. Right, that's the point. Mm. Yeah.
0: They're trippy looking. And they're doing different they are trippy looking.
2: <laughs> it's it's like it's like, oh I'm gonna get in trouble for this one. Here we go. It's like dogs on on like uh, when you go to Ireland. You'd be like, What kind of dog is that? And they're like a lab and you're like, Huh? You know what I mean? It's like uh that thing's been inbreeding for a long It doesn't look like <laughs> our lab. What kind of dog is that? Golden Retriever, you're like, huh? <laughs> Just off a little bit. Um I want to go back, go back to the, uh, the veal thing. So the way veal was described to me is, is that, um, and, and so, so I never ate veal for this reason, which is kind of crazy since I eat so much other animal shit. I'm sure and the animals were treated horribly, but when I was a kid, I was told that they take a baby cow, they lock it up in a really, really small area and that, um, they don't want it to develop any muscle and that's where the flavor and the taste comes from. And so that's why it's, it's, it's so coveted, but, it, but it's cruel. But what you're saying is is that your your veal, your your young cows, even the veal are allowed to run free. Right. Like so if two, they wanted to run laps we have in the two field, programs.
0: they could. So yes to what you first said. Yes, mm-hmm. that's how it was when industrialized agriculture was. We had farms, and those farms had uh, indoor stalls, and the animals really could stand up and lie down. And people had different theories whether that you know protected their muscles or made it more tender. I never believed that, but... What happened was when the animal welfare groups became very vocal, you know, we, as I said, took notice. And then I traveled around the world and we looked at systems from Holland to England to Australia and tried to figure out what what, what made sense. So there's something called group raise veal. So we have two programs now. We have group raised veal, which is for the Holsteins that I talked about before, byproduct of the dairy industry. They're raised in groups but they're still indoors. So there may be five or six animals in a pen and they can interact. They're not like chained in, but they're indoors. Mm. At the same time, we developed a program called free raised veal. It's a pasture raised program. What happened was we recognized the fact that whey protein was all of a sudden used in for athletes and people were doing it for human grade consumption. All of a sudden Mm -hmm. this one time byproduct was sought after and the prices were so high. We're like, oh my gosh, we figured out a system that's going to be ethical and, you know, humane and a better system than we had for the animals. We don't even have feed. This thing's going to self-destruct. What can we do? Well, we said, well, what does mother nature do? Well, we feed animals outside in livestock mother nature. So we started testing different breeds of animals. What would create a great tasting product similar to veal that comes from a Holstein? We found this group called Limousin. And Limousin's a French heritage breed cow. And it, it's still used. It's centuries old. It's still used in in France as some of the veal that they serve there. It's a pinker color. It's a little bit. It's got great flavor. And we're like, wow, we're onto something.
2: So did you actually go to France? Yeah, I or Order a steak in French, polish, no. and and eat it. And like, this is the one steak treats.
0: No, it was more about on the <laughs> ag side, the farmer side. But what happened? Like, was, you
2: contact the farmer, and you're like, hey, we're coming to look.
0: No, yes, we went with people that knew farmers, and then we went to their farms. But what happened was, so we formed this relationship with the North American Limousin Foundation. We found the right breed. We're all excited. Uh, I went with a team of people to Denver. There was a national limousin foundation meeting. Huh. And we were hoping to get like two or three farmers to say raise their hand and say, hey, yeah, we'll we'll raise veal for you guys. Well, you know, I spoke and at the end I said, hey, my team members are here. If you want to say hello, we would love to you know, have you sign up for our program well everyone almost in the room signed up every single person i want to work for you i want to be a feed rep i want to be a spotter help you look for animals i want to do this i want to do that we're like high-fiving each other we'll go back to the hotel room and we all have to get ready to go to the airport i get a call from my plant manager and he says hey guess what i said what he goes the usda united states department of agriculture denied your label claim we cannot call this stuff veal I'm like, you got to be fucking oh,
2: oh, sorry. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> I just gotta need to get clarity on this. You went to... F- there, there was a certain way veal is raised in this country. Correct. And it was a certain kind of cow. Correct. Holstein. And there, and, and so this Holstein cow raised in a certain way is what veal is. Correct. That's
0: the definition by the United States Department of Agriculture. Okay. Whatever that definition Correct. is. Right. 16, 18, and now it's 18, 23 weeks old Holstein cow. Okay. What what and is it like based on weight, the age? Yeah, they have their criteria and their 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 guideline.
2: Okay. Um,
0: is that is there anything in that guideline that says that they can't move around? No, but it just it's by definition it's just the certain breed and they were raised a certain way. And Now group raised, finally thankfully as part of that inclusion, uh-huh. but this pasture raised, they wouldn't let us call it veal.
2: Okay, so so okay. So then there was this way and there's this and it, it was the old guard and Correct. they raised it this way. And what was it what would you call it? It's the
0: FDA? Uh, USDA. USDA. Then you went to France with your team. No, 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 no. This is, this is bef- so after going to all over the world and finding that we decided that Limousin was the breed of choice, we formed this relationship with the Limousin Foundation. We said, we need to get growers to raise this cattle for us, or mm-hmm. these calves for us. Can we speak to your group? They said, yes, we have this national convention in Denver. Would you like to be a keynote speaker and educate that there's another opportunity for these farmers to raise but even, animals and make more money
2: but even before you got there you did
0: go to france and see these Limousin cows we saw them in england actually in england and yeah. you ate them you saw them and ate them and we ate them in the united states we there were Limousin in the united states we were we were processing them and eating them and testing them and tasting them
2: and when these ones that you saw
0: in england were they also being um harvested at a young age i mean again young age is Uh, in agriculture is different than in humans so like i said chickens are 12 weeks old these things were 26 weeks old 28 weeks
2: i guess i guess what i'm saying is within the guidelines of calling them veal they
0: the the limousine,
2: yeah. Were you harvesting the at the, the same age that the current were Holsteins were being harvested? They were slightly in the US. older, slightly older, but they okay. need to
0: be older because they're on the pasture and they're not being okay. kind of fed a, a diet every day. They're eating natural grass, it's not being accelerated. And they're right? sucking over, uh, they're, they're drinking mu- milk off the mother. That's what they're doing. It's real mother's milk, real milk fed veal, okay, as authentic as it can get.
2: So then you got a bunch, you gave this talk on it and you got a bunch of people saying, Hey, we'll raise, we'll raise these for you and sell these to you. So Strauss can have this new kind of ethically raised veal. Correct. And the people who allow sellers in
0: the United States to call veal is the USDA. the United States Department of Agriculture oversees all the animals and plants and guidelines and make sure that the, the, the food chain is healthy.
2: Okay. Sorry. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure I said, no, okay, good. so now there's this conflict. You're ready to sell this new, this limousine cow Correct. as veal, and they're
0: saying, go fuck yourself. And they're saying, basically, we can't call this stuff veal, go fuck yourself. So, you know, my, we're, we're high-fiving, we're all excited, we're on a high from this meeting. I get a call from my plant manager, and he says, we can't call it veal. We got our label claim denied for the third or fourth time. They're not going to let us call it veal. So I feel, first of all, like a fool. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I'm like, this is bullshit. I go, get me someone's name at USDA. Calls me back. He goes, "Here's so and so." I go, "Get me his boss's name." He calls me back. I go, "Now get me his boss's name." He's it, the top guy. He's My guy says to me,
2: "Who was the president at that time?" Do you uh, know? This was in two thousand seven or eight. That didn't matter though. It uh, just, I yeah. was just wondering if you eventually spoke to the president. No, the States, so. I, I would have liked to.
0: <laughs> so, so we get you, this guy on the phone. Did they ever tell you why? Yeah, so we get this guy on the. Well, I knew why because there was no definition. These guys were bureaucrats at the lowest level. They didn't. They didn't have the capacity to make a decision because there was no regulation for it. So they just denied. Denied. Deny. Yeah, they're just pushing papers. So now Same I get it. right exactly. So now I get to the top guy. I'm like, I call him up. I said, "My name's Randy Strauss. I run Strauss Brands, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're trying to come up with an ethical and humane raised veal product that doesn't exist today, and your department is restricting us from trade." And I'm hot as hell. He's like, calm down, calm down, Mr. Strauss. calm down. I'm like, I'm not gonna calm down. I said, enough already. We have family farmers and ranchers that are willing to do this problem. What are you gonna tell me we can't raise an ethical animal in this country? Calm down, Mr. Strauss, calm down. I said, here's the deal, buddy. I said, you're gonna make a a classification for pasture-raised veal. Otherwise, here's what I'm gonna do. I said, you can look in the New York Times and there's gonna be a picture of an animal with a chain around its neck living above its own shit and that's going to be in the New York Times. Going to, the the caption is going to say, this is what the United States Department of Agriculture wants you to think veal is. And then underneath it, there's going to be a beautiful pasture. And there's going to be Strauss, free-raised veal. This is what Strauss is trying to get accomplished, but the government won't let it do it. Please help your government make the right choice. Calm down, Mr. Strauss. Calm. I said, I'm not going to calm down. Did you make that up on the fly, that ad? Right on the fly. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so... <about it. laughs> so, so uh, I said, they said, Hey, look, can we talk tomorrow? We'll have the right people. I said, I'll do better than I'm heading to the airport. I'll be in Washington by morning. No, 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 please. Mr. Strauss, 9am. Let's set. We'll have a conference call at 9am. I'm like, fine, but we better get results at 9am. And they called us at 9am. They're like, we're sorry about everything. We're very much apologizing. What would you like to call it? I said, pasture veal. They said, how about red veal? I said, pasture Azeville. They said, how about, I said, pasture-raised veal it's no different than all the other pasture-raised proteins call it what it is okay sir we'll get it done so we defined pasture-raised veal with the united states department of agriculture just right there on that call right on that call huh wow (laughs) were you surprised that worked were you surprised that worked no 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 i mean i i I was surprised that they kept denying it and just you know well it's because you were right and i was convincing i bet you you
2: but but you were familiar with the industry right Correct. And and it, and it, I'm assuming since it's been around forever, it's got to be an, an old boys club, right?
0: <sighs>
2: yeah, people weren't happy. And um, yeah, let's go let's go to the yeah, to the next level. So you get this label. Pasture raised veal, and this is the first in the U.S. First
0: of its kind. And um, Strauss is the first people who make pasture pasture raised veal. There were little guys that would mom and pop guys would have one or two animals, would sell them at a local, uh, you know, pop up market. In their farm town, but no, this was the first commercial program that had an actual USDA classification that could have trade across state lines. Did
2: you ever get death threats or anything like from the other from the other meat, meat we, companies? We did get
0: threats, and we did you know look into security companies. We had some pretty rough letters sent to us, and we had female products sent to us, and things that that were indicating that we weren't That we should watch our step. Female, like someone sends you like a bloody tampon? That's exactly what they said. No <laughs> oh, shit. <wow>. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no shit. And the FBI was called in. And, I mean, you know what? It wasn't a fun time because here we are trying to do something right. And our industry is saying, hey, why are you trying to break something that's not fit, broken? And I'm like, fuck you guys. Well, you you are fucking with people's wallet.
2: You are. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean um, just like... Th- y- I mean, you're, you're fighting for, obviously, a good cause. Um, make better f- food for humans to eat and treat animals better. I mean, I agree with both of those. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I had a BB gun, and I would just shoot everything. And birds, squirrels, fucking neighbors, dog, didn't matter. Like, just I just shot a lot of stuff. That really explains a lot. And Go then on. um, <laughs> one, one day I shot a dove. I was I was in my friend's front yard. There were, like, six of us, and the dove fell and landed. And it was a brand-new BB gun, and I just looked at it took the air cartridge out of my gun, gave oh, it okay. to my friend. I'm done. I started crying when I was like 16, probably. It's like, I am not doing that again. Anyway, I shouldn't have told that story. I'm really glad you got Star that cigarettes. off your chest. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last thing I, you know, now I just go to the supermarket and probably buy meat. That's abused. But after this, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> Can I buy grass fed meat anywhere and everywhere I go? Yeah, and so, does that mean that it's
0: ethically treated? Okay. So that's a good question. Again, really important. So, What we're trying to accomplish with that one-pound challenge again is to encourage people to eat American-raised, grass-fed, grass-finished beef. Here's the problem: like I mentioned eight years ago, no one had it. No chef would touch it. Now, all of a sudden, because we led this like path to people understanding that it's not only good for you, but it tastes great, now everyone's trying to get in the space, Mm -hmm. and people are cutting corners but the worst part of it is they're bringing 85% I think of the grass fed beef in this country is coming from other countries. Oh and that's what's ruining the reputation of the taste. Yeah so that's what's ruining the reputation of the taste and what it's doing is when you buy meat even so the point of the one pound challenge is buy American because you know what why why not fix our own land here we have our own responsibility to take care of American soil why be taking care of you know uh, soil in other countries when we have a, a massive problem where you can't even get shrimp in the gulf and we have a whole series of videos coming out on our website, uh, freeraysdirect.com and Strauss. You've brands. given me a preview com. of a few of those.
2: I watched the first three. They're amazing. Oh, they're you. awesome. And they're Short, like concise, yeah. and beautiful. Yeah. I love the
1: grass one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? They're fast in their stories. And, and they're educational. You know, yeah. We're just trying to let people know that, you know what? We work very hard. we got a team of people that work very hard every day. And we're we're proud of what we do. We feel good about it. And you know what? at the end of the day we hope that you know that that comes through in the flavor and that you can feel good about it too as a consumer and feel good about something that you're 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 eating and you're doing something right by the environment it's a win-win one pound challenge the one pound challenge How, how much meat do you eat i mean i'm a big i'm a big uh meat eater i mean i do eat a lot of meat so are there any vegetarians who work for your company uh, many. Not only, more wow. in our creative department. So, our last Those creative, creative director people was, was a vegetarian. and they She sw- was a
3: vegan, wasn't she?
0: she she might have been vegan or vegetarian and she worked for us she did amazing work for us and then uh she ultimately started eating meat again because once you realize wow you know all these things and these were the reasons i didn't eat meat now i can feel good about and i'm actually you know benefiting from this and i'm healthier because of it, and i feel better because of it so we have several one of the gals that works on our social side right now she's a vegetarian and she you know is is just work she's doing beautiful work and and she's not going to convert but yeah the she, point is she feels she, good about does the she have
2: kids doing. no no oh she will eat meat my wife is a vegetarian as soon as she started carrying babies around in the womb
0: because it's nature's intended diet really to yeah eat she meat. started
2: yeah. eating meat yeah she okay. hasn't stopped i predict tell her i predict it how old is she uh probably late 20s yeah oh so she get a baby and start eating meat they come together <laughs> Sorry, the rooted coffee people. By the way, I apologize. They actually had their babies with no no meat, so it can be done.
1: Uh,
2: You're going to be at the CrossFit Games. Is that going to be your debut of the co-branded product?
0: Yeah. So we're hoping to accomplish a couple things there. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna feed uh, the, the, not only the athletes, but you know the people that are attending. But we're going to do it with like you know, under the CrossFit guidelines of healthy eating. So we're going to come up with like... The zone. The zone. But we're going to come up with like, you know, like a, you know, st- maybe steak in a veggie wrap that, or a burger and a veggie wrap, mm. or steak with the right, you know, vegetables uh, as a side where It's a Power Bowl. You know, just like doing things that, you know, you guys can feel good about. And then we're I all-
2: like it, the Power Bowl.
1: Yeah, might I suggest... CrossFit sweet, Power Bowl. Sweet potatoes and some <laughs> sort of green with meat.
3: Yeah, that's on the list.
1: That's pretty much what I eat but if, I mean, ten and that meals would, a week.
3: Well, that's what it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: it'll be nothing like you taste. So we're gonna. We have an executive chef that's gonna put his own love into that thing, and it's gonna be amazing. Awesome. So, and then we're gonna, you know, we're also going to, you know, be passing out jerky, and we're also gonna have some sort of a presence uh, where people can realize that they can now buy online the CrossFit box. They're, it's curated by CrossFit. It's a com, you know, it's a collaboration between yourselves and Strauss to make a great tasting box that you can get delivered to your house you know, once a month, once a week, whatever you want. And you can add and a la carte it up if you want to do special things that we're you know, not exactly putting in that you might enjoy. So that's, that's really the purpose of our relationship is to educate and to, you know, to, to, to take it to the next level for your athletes. Because I mean, like, you know, we talked before nutrition is the foundation, even above the, the exercise. Yeah.
2: What you put in,
0: so we'll continue to grow that. So if it, it grows beyond meat, and you know, you guys have something that you're thinking, hey, you know what, it would be really cool if in the box this came. Hey, we'll get it done.
2: Who who makes the best? Is is there is there a good fast food hamburger? Like, does McDonald's have a grass fed? Like, does McDonald's ever approach <laughs> you? I think they just, they
1: just started using meat that's not frozen. Right. right? That's true. That just <laughs> came out.
0: That just
2: came out. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask you what's the best fast food hamburger, but is there even a best? Is there not a best? Is there like, hey, dude, just stay away from that I mean, shit? I wish
0: I had our list of our, our chains with me right now, but there's a lot of regional chains like in and places that are burger chains that have 10, 12 units that are using grass fat. So there are chains like that, but I don't believe McDonald's has one nope. yet. I'm trying to think of a national chain. I would, I would the, say
3: the best is, is that, uh, that even oh, possible? Oh, okay. Outback. Well, Outback uses our stuff. The proper fast food would be A&W Canada. Yes. All of their uh, beef now is, it's our beef. Mm-hmm. We, we uh, exported to Canada and they decided to make a change to all grass-fed beef.
0: And is, is it's a more expensive hamburger? It is. So like the Hyatt, for example. So they're- The hotel. Correct. Hyatt National. Uh, everywhere you go, there's a Strauss by name burger on the on the menu and it's their leading seller. Oh, so I, uh, the burger will be called the Strauss burger. It yes. won't be, but I mean, the, people do brand it because, you know, I mean, we've worked hard on our reputation and it's mm-hmm. a sign of quality and yeah. it's a sign that we're doing things right. So people do say on menus, you know, Strauss grass-fed beef.
1: Yeah, earth. it's. Like, I feel like when, like, it's a poor example, but like when you see turkey, it's like diastole, right? There's like a brand name attached to it.
0: Right. If it's like, you know, usually it's more of the higher end or there's a reason to call mm-hmm. out. I like, said so that was a poor example. Turkeys. No, it was pretty no, close. There, yeah.
2: Do you guys do turkey? Not yet. The animals you do are, are lamb.
0: The ones we the, our core business is veal, lamb, and grass-fed, grass-finished beef. We're now with our CrossFit boxes evolving. We're working with some like-minded partners to do chicken. Uh, you know, ethically raise all the same standards. But the the foundation is the ethics, of course. But it's got to taste great. So that's the foundation.
2: Is your who who, do, who developed your 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 protocol your
0: ethics protocol for how to raise the 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 animals you know there's a lot of people that did over the years it's just you know a team of people and you know is it higher than
2: anything that the us or the usda requires of um yeah so that's a great question so there's something called a
0: pvp it's process verified program take it back a step so when you see on packages like something approved Mm -hmm. you know people pay for those, those stamps of approval, and you fit within their guidelines, and then they they, they kind of control your destiny. Mm-hmm. The United States Department of Agriculture, you know, again, we're on better terms now after the whole veal thing, but there's something called the PVP, Process Verified Program, and what that does is you write your own program, you write your own standards, and then they monitor them, so you must maintain that level of standard, or they'll pull that mark. So we, we're under a Process Verified Program, so all of our, all of our welfare standards are monitored by them as a third party which in our opinion is better than these other third parties that are pay to play so
2: if you change something in the protocol all hundred plus farms that you work with have to then change that Yes. so if you were like i'm completely making this up i have no fucking idea what i'm talking about but for two weeks two (laughs) weeks of every cow's life um before slaughter he has to eat alfalfa they all have to jump on board right and And you and you have to pay the consequences of what farmers jump off than the bandwagon or jump on or stay or switch or all that yeah and do you have are you in close contact with them how do you keep all the farmers together
3: like is there like an annual meeting our livestock
0: team is just it's constant monitoring i mean how many miles does ray put on this car
3: Uh, he probably puts on two hundred fifty thousand miles a year
0: holy
2: crap what kind of car does he drive
3: Uh, chevy avalanche
2: wow Hey, Chevy, if you're listening, commercial time. <laughs> Big time commercial time. Wow. Does he like it? Yeah. Yeah? I hear they're pretty nice tracks. Do you buy American cars? Uh, not Oh, Do you have an American car? Yes. What do you have? The
3: Jeep.
1: What do you have, Matt? I have a Nissan and Toyota. Yeah, I have two Toyotas. Eric, do you drive?
3: Nissan. Nissan. Right.
1: <laughs> How was your CrossFit experience?
0: You
1: so, I meant to bring this in here earlier. We get interrupted all
2: the time. <laughs> this Thank thing's sure. really cool,
0: <laughs> but we wouldn't be able to brand our animals because that's against animal welfare standards. And I would think that is a bit excessive in size. <laughs> there is no what? No,
1: come on,
2: cow. <laughs> that's massive. They're They're like, made.
1: Yeah, it was, it's been around for years here.
2: Do you know why that was made? Um, we were building schools in Kenya, and so did Rogue make that? To build I would that? assume it's a Rogue thing.
3: Do you know? I, I do don't you know,
2: know? Do you know Bill Henniger? No. Oh man, that's going to be cool for you guys to meet. He's the, he's him and Katie Henniger started and own Rogue Fitness. It's amazing. That's an amazing website too, by the way. If you ever want to have a, a really good, um, yeah, I used to
3: have a Rogue gym. Commerce.
2: Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. I did.
3: I sold my house, and the couple that bought my previous house met doing CrossFit. They're like, we want to buy your gym. I'm like,
1: oh. It's basically they supply practically every single gym in the United States that's and in the world. World, yeah.
2: Yeah. And but and their e commerce experience is amazing. It's like I think it's better than Amazon.
0: It's so cool. Jerry had the shirt on yesterday.
2: The Rogue shirt. Yeah. So we were building schools in Africa and I think they made that for us and we were branding the desks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah. Very cool but now we can repurpose it. But you can't, you can't brand animals.
0: We can't, we refuse to brand our animals. Oh, okay. We
1: can maybe, we, maybe we can like just outline it in like Sharpie or something. How, how, how do you Stip mark it? Tag, <laughs> it, tag the ear. Yeah, there's an ear
0: tag, RFD ear tag. But again, our just because I haven't said this yet, our process is humane throughout. So it's not just, it doesn't end on the farm. It ends all the way at the end of the end.
2: So you work with, um, world, world famous, uh, Temple graden Temple Grandin. Grandin, is yeah. that her name? Yep. Um, on the on the humane treatment of the animals
0: we worked with her on the back end on our facilities to make sure that when the animals arrived at our facility that there was low stress and that those as humanely possible for those last do
2: you know her story
0: we caught one bad day uh, <laughs> I do know her story she's about an incredible the, woman
2: yeah about that machine that the cow holding machine and she used that on herself I think
0: she she crawls around to see animal perspective and things like that. She's oh, an amazing wow. lady.
2: Yeah, you should look her up. It's crazy. I think she had autism. She there's, does a, so she, there's a movie. She of had yes yeah, severe severe autism.
0: Temple Grandin. Severe Temple Grandin. autism
2: to where she couldn't even function as a human, and she basically worked her way out of it.
0: The girl from Homeland plays her in the movie.
2: Oh, she's in Homeland?
0: No, no, no. The character in no no, 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 no. The girl that's the star the of Homeland. Actress, I'm, yeah. I'm drawing a blank on her name. Oh, oh. But her, she plays Temple Grand in a movie. I think she won in a cat some uh, Golden Globe or something for it. Tell me about going to the CrossFit gym with uh, Jerry here. I mean, I thought it was a cool experience. So, again, I, I, I have always worked out. I'm more of a runner and a biker. Uh, we should
2: talk about that. You have the Peloton bike, right? I do. Yeah, I've been
0: wanting to try that. I'll be yeah, happy to cool. tell But no, the gym was an amazing experience because again, like I get what you guys are doing. And I think it's amazing just because I agree, like, you know, the human body is supposed to do certain things that we don't do because we sit at desks all there. We're not living in the jungle like we were, you know, built to. And you know, the gym, it, it just seems like what, what you guys are doing is like just using the muscle groups that you're supposed to be using. Like I see how you won't have back problems if you're doing things and lifting and squatting and bending and doing things the right way. I mean, I truly, when I left, I was telling people, if you do CrossFit, you are going to live a better life longer, and you're going to be healthier and stronger than you could ever be without it. And I firmly believe that. So tell
2: me, so Jerry's like, "Come on, let's go," and you're like, All "No, no, right, no. it's just go. I
0: knew we were coming here. I knew that mm-hmm. I want to respect the relationship, and mm-hmm. I've always been an at-home guy because you know it's easy for me to wake up and right. four minutes later mm-hmm. I'm on my bike. Right, but I wanted to see it. I wanted to understand what you guys are doing because I think it's amazing. And I watched your movies and I'm, I, I want to just understand the culture. The movies were amazing, by the way. Really cool to see how you guys went from, you know, Castro's farm to Madison and everything in between, but how raw that was and how fucking raw these athletes were and how yeah. much it meant to them. And it was really, it's, it's an impressive story. So <laughs> I'm at the gym and it was... You took the class? I didn't take... What I did was... You know, oh said, Jerry! No you didn't no no get no. Take the class. No, it was an
3: off. It was an off. <laughs> he did one third of a class. Okay.
0: Right. So what I was doing is, first of all, I was leaving skiing the next day. Uh-huh. I'm 52, so I mean, I'm not. Yeah, you know, you I'm don't still be... breaking down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. It would have been bad yeah, news. You would have been thing. really sore. Right. Yeah. So good I, call. But Jerry, I mean, I climbed the wall. I did everything that Jerry. Everything that th- I did squats. I, I never lifted yeah. a weight in my life, literally. So I, you know they were teaching me proper technique and the squats and everything. So I mean, I think it's incredible. Your squat
3: looked great better than mine
0: i mean climbing the wall was fun and <laughs> yeah
3: it wasn't a typical crossfit workout so it wasn't a good day like they'd come up with like four rounds on your own time like just finish them but we were climbing like a, a five foot wall jump over that four times and i you jumped over it yeah i mean i've never done it before so i mean i was doing it with trying not
0: to get hurt and then there was that sit-up thing where G H D sit-up yeah right so frank right yeah, Frank. Frank, the owner of the gym, comes up. He goes, "You know, be careful when you do that because you signed a waiver when you came in here. But what you didn't read was the fact that like your insides are going to melt and you're going to die if you if
3: you <laughs> do right. it too low." That <laughs> is a really
0: potent machine. Yeah, get crazy. If with you here. do
3: it right, it's yeah.
0: But no, great workout, great workout. If you want to talk about the Peloton, I'm happy to. Um, yeah, so that
2: that's basically a bike you buy for thirty five hundred dollars, and then there's a thirty nine dollar a month subscription. I think and you it's can...
0: eighteen hundred, and you just ride from your house. And you could,
2: are you actually riding live?
0: You want me to go into this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so what Peloton is is, you know, I was very early in this thing. There's like 40 people in a class. Uh-huh. I, it's a really genius concept for the person that wants to get a cardio in the privacy of their own home. I mm. literally wake up at, you know, I take a 6 a.m. class. There's a class every hour pretty much. There's 30, 45-minute, and 60-minute classes. There's all these – imagine the best cycling instructors from, you know, everywhere are your instructors, and you become familiar with them.
2: When I think of cycling instructors, I think of them as like in their – in their youth, they went to raves and did ecstasy, and then they got too old for that, so they switched to. No, these are like world class. Soul cycles. <laughs> <guys>, that's <laughs> kind of like how I picture where they come from. These guys <laughs> are world
0: class athletes, okay. and, and so, and then lastly, I'll say that the Tour de France guys teach classes, so those okay. are amazing classes. But what it is is, imagine there's a studio in New York City compared to a gym. You guys have a gym, and that gym, the classes today, and the the, the everyone from. It, it's working out of their home gyms basically i'm on my bike at home i'm watching live the class and the teacher's on the bike and she's saying, okay give a resistance of 55 give a cadence of uh you know 40 and come on, Randy's from Milwaukee. Kick it up. Oh, so it's, it's no high. way. Yeah. Not only is it That's live, awesome. not only is it live, but if, if <laughs> they need to send us one
2: for our lobby, they should. <laughs> they, you just, guys should send us one Peloton if whoever's <laughs> over they there. They totally should. We'll so ride the because you guys spin might, the fucking wheels off that. Yeah, thing. because
0: you can set the cadence and the resistance like Soul yeah. Cycle, which I've done. It's just they're like turn it a quarter turn or something. Okay, Peloton, and it's interactive. So if you're on it and I'm on it, I can FaceTime you while we're on. You know, people don't really do this, but there's a leaderboard. So you're on the leaderboard, and you see, like, my buddy's on there, and I want to see his metrics. So I tap on him, and it'll show what his cadence is and what his resistance oh, is and what his kill So Matt awesome. had one at his house, and that I had one at my house? So, yeah. So, but now, like I did a class yesterday morning, there were 6,300 people in the class. Ooh. But it's tape. That was a tape one. So what okay. happens is they tape every class. Mm-hmm. So you can, let's say you have a favorite instructor, and you wake up, and I miss the beginning of the class, or it doesn't time right. I say, oh, I want to do... You know, Jen Jacobs ride, and it's a 45 minute hip hop DJ ride. So there's a live DJ in studio, and it shows (laughs) the music that they played. And uh, so it is, it is X ravers. <laughs> the, the last thing I'll say though, which is really it. cool when it. you go to New York, mm-hmm. you go to the studio in Chelsea and it's mm-hmm. their gym, and you know, there's a hundred riders in there, and you take the class and it rounds it out for you. So now you have this personal. Oh, connection. Dude, that is brilliant. So you've not it only taken brilliant. the live class at
2: home, you've actually been Many part times. of in the audience working. Not yet. As it,
0: imagine As it, if it was just a spin studio, yes, yeah. but it's better than that because there's cameras like this room everywhere. Yeah. And they're. They're, they're on the instructor and the instructor's calling out what to do and she's playing great songs and t- keeping you motivated for 45 minutes. And like I said, they'll call you out. Like, hey, Randy, you know, Randy Stroud's celebrating his 500th ride today. Give him a shout out. <laughs> it's cool.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, two, two things along that line. They have, um... I highly recommend getting an assault bike. Um, awesome bike. It, it basically, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bicycle, but it's got this. Oh. And, um... It's great for interval training so like if, if you are the guy that needs to work out at your house what a great thing to do get on the assault bike do 10 calories on that 10 air squats 10 calories on that 10 push-ups 10, and,
3: and 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 you know a, Frank i'm gonna order him one it's gonna show up on the doorstep. stuff <laughs> you, you will
2: really like it and rogue makes one also i have not ridden that one so i don't know how good
1: it is it's so. like a tank i hear
2: um and then there's this company called concept two they make um our rowers or they make their rowers, and we've embraced them. And they've come out with a bike, and it's called... Erg. Yeah. And their bike, um, you, you if you put two of them next to each other, they just start mating. Like, you can push a button, and they know each other are there. So, like, and if you put three of them or four of them oh, or five cool. of them... And so, like, you can just be like, and we do this in the gym downstairs. Um, unfortunately, Leaf does that a lot. He'll be like, okay, you two get on the bike. You guys are going to race for 30 seconds. That's oh, because he's really good at it. <laughs> and so, at any moment, you can just race someone on the bike. So, oh, that would be a cool thing to get for your office, get a few of those and just make people race on the hour. 30, I mean, 30 you know, 30 seconds full blast. You get off your
0: wobbly mess. Yeah. I just wonder if you guys could do something like that where there's, you know, like a. I know you have your studio downstairs and you're calling it out and I'm at home and I can do CrossFit at home. I would be more inclined to do that.
2: We are, I think we are very close to that. I think there's um, places um, – one of the cornerstones of CrossFit is the community. And so a lot of people who try to improve CrossFit don't realize that you really don't need to improve anything. All you need to do is go to the gym and these three things are going to happen to you. You're going to move and you're going to learn how to eat right and then you're going to feel peer pressure from your group. Meaning if you show up the first day with a Diet Coke, you will never do that again. <laughs> um, and you'll slowly see that the guy, you'll, you'll be in a class with someone like Matt and you'll see when he's done, he's eating a little piece of meat and a little piece of potato, and you'll learn. And that's basically, we're, we're, we're a community. And that's where we get the reputation of being a cult. But we, we teach each other. There are places like India where they have 1.4 billion people and they've received McDonald's, but they haven't received CrossFit yet. You know, There's 35 gyms instead of 25,000 gyms. So places like that, an Android app would be, right? right. Like the Peloton. Great um, way to reach people. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. China, India, any of these places. Um, you could do it though, because the community, Peloton does claim, and we do, they do have a community. So if you guys, if there's a little interactive or you're forced to come to the gym once a week or something and you can do certain things at home. Right. It's just a new you know, it's just a new platform and I'm, they, they have after mm-hmm. the ride, they have a yoga class, they have a stress class and now they just, you can now buy a treadmill and that's part yeah. of their thing too. So oh, they, I think I saw that. So yeah. They announced that at CS in Vegas actually in January. Is, was,
2: it a, is it, is it, is ma- it a man-powered
0: treadmill I th- I or is it motorized? A, I, I'm not sure about that, but I think it is. In
2: classical form. And I, and I just love CrossFit for this. And I'm sure this is why Jerry loves it. Our treadmills in CrossFit are man-powered. Oh, <laughs> Way, that is way better. That's <laughs> <That's> fucking awesome. <laughs> um, uh, there's, there's, you know, there's some, there's tons of great shirts out there, but it says we don't train on machines, we are machines, or we are the machine.
3: Do you guys have uh, one here?
2: Yeah, those things. The, the yeah, treadmill. I've never ran on. Yeah, one. those. Yeah, they're fun. They're really hard. One, they're substantially to run, harder than regular run, run, run running. Sounds yeah. like a damn hamster wheel. It's <laughs> easy to, it's easy to start, like it's easy to get going, but you just get tired really quick, um, like like a rowing machine. And Jerry, how did you find, how old are you? 30. And how did you get into CrossFit?
3: So the first time I ever did CrossFit was seven years ago. Went to one class and didn't have a good experience. We'll leave it at that. Uh, But I've always done like. What state? It was in Tennessee. Okay. Um,
1: CrossFit mayhem? The Tennessee Tech.
3: (laughs) Yeah, CrossFit. No, it's definitely not CrossFit mayhem. Okay. But no, basically, I was doing like 205-pound cleans my first day. Oh, my never goodness. Like, it was just like, I'm like, what? And then now that I went through proper, like, you know, training, did that for like four weeks, I'm like, I could have really fucked myself up back then. Right. And... Mm-hmm. right, Um But I've been doing it for four months, and I've always, like, known that, you know, if I want to really get serious about my fitness, that's what I should get do. And one day, I said, fuck it, it's Googled CrossFit, found the closest gym to my house, and... Never look back.
2: And, and and that gym put you through a four week on ramp course?
3: Well, it's it's five classes. I did them all in on one week. Okay. I wasn't and, gonna wait five weeks. And
2: they basically put put you through all the points of performance in terms of Went like through, squatting. Spent a day and, on the
3: power clean, squatting, okay. spent twenty seconds on climbing a rope, climbed a rope. I said, Okay, I can climb a rope. Okay, so
2: you had some you had some fitness and skills ahead of time.
3: Yeah, because I've always worked out. I mean, I used to do I did martial arts for like five years. I was a fighter. Okay, um, which I wish I did CrossFit back then, as I was telling Randy. I probably so. would have done a lot better in competition <laughs> if I was uh, in this kind of shape. Um, we actually
1: have a karate class here. Is it? We do. It
3: Thursday. I think might have it today. Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, tomorrow.
2: Sorry. We used to have this. We used to have this relationship with. I think it was Saint Jude. And their general counsel was doing martial arts. I think this story is true. The spirit of the story is true. And their general counsel did CrossFit or had been in martial arts for 20 years. And Mm -hmm. he was like a third degree black belt. And he had been going into uh, tournaments his whole life. And um, he goes to a tournament one time. And some guy with a, a lesser belt just smokes him. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? And the guy's like, I do CrossFit.
3: Yeah, and then
2: he said he did CrossFit and never lost another tournament. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like elevated his.
3: You're more explosive. You move faster. I mean, it that, that makes sense.
2: Bicyclists say the same thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, we had a.
3: go race Randy on his Peloton and kick his ass. We had a, a professional
1: <laughs> hockey player in here last week, and he was showing pictures of himself ten years earlier, and he looked younger today than he did then.
2: Yeah, so we had we had a, a guy who played on the Capitals for twelve years, um, named Brooks Like. Washington Capitals I'm not a hockey um, aficionado but basically he's he was in the 12th or 13th year of his career and he wanted to get one more year out of his career so he started doing CrossFit because yeah. he knew that's what he needed to extend it it's like the guy that owns life.
3: the the gym that I go to Frank he, uh he'll tell you he was like a 250 pound slob basically and you know started to get to do, do some fitness wasn't CrossFit gotten a CrossFit I think in 2012 or 13 he got 12th of the games in the, the master's division so, wow so he's uh that's halfway. an
2: that's an incredible leap yeah Yeah. um i used to i, I used to live with a bad back and 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 before i did crossfit and now i do crossfit and it's like i'm, I'm reduced the pain by 90 percent for 10 years yeah yeah it's crazy the relationship has officially started between CrossFit and Strauss. It started. Is it live on the
0: website?
3: Yeah, we got like, like a really cool page that we've made. That, like you
2: guys signed paperwork and shit, and it's, that's all done. It's that's just done. We're,
0: we're, We were waiting. You know, we were hoping to get the. Uh, yeah, we were hoping to oh, get shit. like the jerky oh, done and fun. things like that.
2: Okay, so so tell me about this. I, I was going to end the show, but this looks good. This looks worth talking sure. about. I spend I. I, I can order – that actually comes to my house right that there? That will come to
3: your house if you order it, yep. And how often does it come
2: for $215? Uh,
3: once a month or every two months, however much you eat meat. I mean, if you're a big meat eater, once a month, it's because it's a lot of meat.
2: And then how does that come? It comes in like a, a cooler? It comes, comes in a nice
3: box with a um, – we don't use styrofoam, so we have like uh, insulated panels with an insulated lid, and then we, we ship it with dry ice. It comes frozen.
2: Uh, w- one year, many years ago, when we first started a relationship with Reebok for Christmas, they had sent me some meat, but I wasn't home for Christmas. And when I got home, oh, like a week later, oh,
0: yep. vo- vomitous! <laughs> I mean, there were, there were, oh, it's crazy. We'll send. Uh, it was crazy. There'll be notices that you know this is about to ship and tracking, etc. Get it?
3: Yeah. One day, I, I picture everyone's gonna have a um, like an outdoor refrigerated drop box because I think. Grocery stores are going to be in the next thing that's really shook up by e commerce. And I think, you know, once Amazon starts paving the way, everyone's going to have an outside open, open an outside fridge and drop the product oh, in there. I like that.
2: Amazon actually just sent me something recently where I can buy a lock for my front door so right. that the Amazon person can come in my house that's amazing and drop my <laughs> shit off. Yeah. I'm like, wow.
0: This, this is going to be a, a, a work in progress. So, so, you know, who's ever listening, who's ever interested, I mean, certainly reach out to us. There's phone numbers on there. We have people that can talk to you if you want to have a certain diet, if there's certain things you like or don't like or want to curate your own box. I mean, we're flexible. We're just trying to, you know, start the process with something kind of standardized. Okay. And then move, you know, as we move together, we'll mm-hmm. just continue to kind of evolve and grow. And what does that mean, double up and save? Get
3: twice as much as what you see.
2: Okay, and then you get a better, and you get a different price. Can you click that? Let's see what happens. Eric.
0: Damn. Well, it's broken. <laughs> anyway, this is new. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, okay. No no special price, but we will. I think we should put one. That's a good point. I mean, if it says double up and save, we got to save something. Jesus. Yeah, um, it, didn't, it didn't save. This has been live for about a week, so. Yeah, okay. Tweakable. Still working the kinks out. Tweakable.
1: Yeah. yeah. We, know, we know a lot about that
2: people can come visit you and taste your product at the nashville regional
0: nashville i think we're no it, it, are we we're not cooking there. we're hoping to be able to pass out we just have kind of a
3: vendor booth pass out jerky
0: but madison's not gonna cooking. be the big debut i mean yeah. we're really gonna throw down some amazing food we're gonna try to you know like you said with the sweet potatoes and kind of just curate dishes mm-hmm. that are like power bowls and Make them good I mean, That go to,
2: is going
1: to be huge. Well,
2: so lose their minds. The
1: Central Regional is incredible. I've been to, I don't know how many regionals, 10 to 20, and that is probably my favorite to and go to. And that one's where? It's in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Nashville. That is, it's
3: got the fittest man on earth there. So Yeah,
1: it is. A couple of them. A couple of them, yeah. Yeah. It is just the atmosphere there, the venue. It is such a good time. Love that place. I'm pissed I'm not going this year.
0: My, my daughter goes to Vanderbilt, so I'm actually going there Thursday oh nice it's a cool city
1: yeah I, that was my first time going and I fell in love with it super
2: excited to have you guys here thanks for coming really nice you to have us Killer! Yeah, it's, it's going nice to be a killer coming.
1: relationship
2: it's great to be in um, in the same family of pushing the envelope for being the best striving to be the best continuing to be the best um, offering the best to the public and uh, I think this is going to be great and I can't wait to uh, I'm going to order that actually today and I can't. The, the, that's going to be my second favorite thing after seeing uh, Brooke Wells um, at the CrossFit Games eating your hamburger. There you go. Well, wow. we you really
0: go. appreciate it, though. We can't thank you guys enough. Do you know We're who Brooke Wells is? Excited. No. Oh,
2: can we show Brooke Wells?
0: Athlete. Yeah.
1: Superpower. Superpower. You didn't have that bookmarked already, Eric?
0: Yeah, she's a rock star. Mm-hmm.
2: I think she's like one of yours too. She's from like in the middle of the country. It's all Milwaukee.
1: Uh, no, she's um Missouri. I think. Whatever. Yeah, same you know, thing. You know,
2: <laughs> out there, somewhere. there's New York, California, and Milwaukee. Those are the three the three states.
0: <laughs> Thanks for your time. Thanks for looking into it and research. And I know you worked hard and it, super uh, exciting. This was really a lot of yeah, fun. Been great. Yeah,
2: coming from Berkeley, this is this is this is right up my alley. Hey,
1: I used to live off tofu. Right. Yep.
2: Thank you, Matt. <laughs>
1: Hey, what is that? Is that, a, is that a King Air? Eric, land the plane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. I need oh, I need so I want to get one somehow <laughs> selfie of us in here.